Dr. Colleen Pearson. Welcome to Inner Monologuing, Stress, Anxiety, Being Overwhelmed, and Being Burnt Out. Let's start with the monologues. Do you ever wish the constant chatter in your head would stop talking long enough for you to focus? That's what I'm talking about here. In developmental psychology, we want children to learn self-monitoring of their behavior so they can adjust their reactions to different people in different environments. Over time, this can grow into an inner critical voice that doesn't turn off. We have to understand the power of the stories we tell ourselves and how to differentiate them from the direct experiences in life. This way, we can use our thoughts without being trapped in them. We all know we have a constant chatter with us every moment we are awake. This companion may be well-intentioned and quite decent, but also have a habit of constant commentary. This ongoing monologue contains a variety of observations, worries about the future, rehashing of past events, and an assortment of malicious judgments about us and the world around us. Imagine this companion whispering that what you're doing is boring and you want to do something more fun. Look at what that other person is wearing. You need a vacation, but you better concentrate on paying your credit card bills. Why did your boss say that to you? Why did your friend not say that to you? And the monologue never ends. Or can we turn it down or turn it off? If this was a different person, would you tolerate them? Would you keep someone in your life that never stops talking about everything else except what you're trying to experience? It's easy to see how hearing this constant stream of commentary would create negative moon states and tension in the body. We not only tolerate the constant chatter in our minds, sometimes we are seduced and mesmerized by it. We somehow come to believe that these ruminations, judgments, and worries are an accurate representation of our lives and who we really are. Our mindfulness practice lets us see into the stream of thoughts. We learn to identify thoughts as simply that, thoughts. Our thoughts are not reality, not the way things really are, and more important, our thoughts aren't even who we are. Mindfulness practice allows us to look deeply at our thoughts in a kind and non-judgmental way. We learn that thoughts and stories are always present, but not always true. Our minds are always on, and the nature of these thoughts shape and drive our experiences. 
we bring kind awareness to these thoughts to see the mind patterns. This is a fundamental skill of a mindfulness practice. Observing the mind with kind awareness without getting lost in any particular story. We all have wonderfully creative minds. Imagine riding through the sky on the back of a dragon. Feel the wind on your face and taste the scorched, sulfurous air of your pet dragon's fiery breath. We can think about this, but that certainly doesn't make it true. But that one is easier to see as fantastical than other thoughts we might have. Mindfulness-based cognitive therapy uses the expression that thoughts are not facts, even the ones that tell you they are. So how does this apply in stress and anxiety? Well, stress is the emotional and physiological tension or strain from adverse circumstances, which can be heightened or caused by that inner monologue. A number of sources of stress include traffic, financial issues, work demands, social and family struggles, or internal sources, like our thoughts and negative interpretation of a situation, or the presence of anxiety, depression, PTSD and many other issues we struggle with from day to day. Stress is very subjective. What one person finds enjoyable might be stressful for somebody else. Interpretation and perceptions matter. This is really important. How stressful you perceive the situation to be will have a significant effect on your stress level. Do you feel like you have the resources necessary to handle what's going on? The more the answer is yes, the less stress and anxiety is present. The more the answer is no, the higher level of stress and anxiety The longer the answer is no, the easier it is to feel overwhelmed, like you're juggling so many things you've lost count of where they are, or completely burned out, which is how we feel when the answer is not only no, but we become convinced that it's going to stay no. It's essential to understand that our activating systems, biologically, the sympathetic nervous system and its fight, flight, or freeze response, we have to include fawn for PTSD, is designed to protect us and keep us safe. 
Our ancestors needed this burst of energy and racing heart to get away from saber-toothed tigers and lions. The ancient people who were always relaxed and mellow? Well, in my opinion, we aren't related to them. They were lunch. The problem isn't that we have this activation mechanism in our body. The issue is that it shows up in non-life-threatening situations. For individuals who struggle with anxiety, it can feel activated all of the time. It's also why when someone who has had anxiety, stressed, feel overwhelmed or burned out and takes medication for the first time, they fall asleep and feel groggy for a while because your systems are getting relief and they're recovering and tired. Also, we have a natural negativity bias. We know we're hardwired to notice threats in bad situations immediately and strongly. This negativity bias can keep us safe. Neuropsychologist and meditation teacher Rick Hansen summed it up with the phrase, Your brain is like Velcro for negative experiences and Teflon for positive ones. Mindfulness practice allows us not to just focus on the negative experiences, but also savor and soak up the benefits of positive experiences and promote a nervous system shift to a more healing state. One of the reasons that most of my meditations are breathing is because of this. A slow inhale and a very long exhale activates the parasympathetic nervous system and deactivates that fight-flight system. It can calm you down. So with mindfulness, we try to become less reactive by providing some space between what's happening and our reaction. Through this practice, we can move control from being outside of us back to ourselves. In other words, you can't control what's happening to you, but you can control how you respond to it. As we open up to the present moment and let go of the ruminative, monologuing mind, we can find more joy with less tension and stress. We are less likely to get lost in our own story. <laughs>